Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, good morning. We're so glad that you're here today worshiping with us and our prayers that you're sensing the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And today we are continuing our sermon series about God's outpost bearing fruit. Thank you, Alan. And I think it's been a great series for us to consider what is the mission of the church? What is God's purpose for the church? Well, I read this this week. It said an old Italian gentleman lived alone in New Jersey, and he wanted to plant his annual tomato garden. But it was very difficult work as the ground was hard, and his only son, Vincent, who used to help him, was in prison. The old man wrote a letter to his son and described his predicament. Dear Vincent, I'm feeling pretty sad because I'd like uh, to plant my tomato garden this year, but I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you'd be happy to dig the plot for me like in the old days. Love, Papa. A few days later, he received this from his son. Dear Papa, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Vinny. 4 a.m. the next morning, the FBI agents and local police arrived, and they dug up the garden. And they didn't find any bodies, and they apologized to the old man and left. That same day, the old man received a new letter from his son. Dear Papa, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. Love you, Vinny. Well, this morning, we are going to go into the garden, to the vineyard. Hopefully, no bodies will find under the soil. But we're going to go in the Gospel of John, chapter 15. I invite you on the app to pull that up or, or in your Bibles that, that you have with you. And we're going to start here at the end. We're going to start at the end. It's kind of like the professor who tells you what's on the test before uh, you get there. We're going to look a little bit and see what is the final conclusion of the text we're going to be reading. It's in John 15, verses 16 and 17. Jesus said, you did not choose me. But I chose you, and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. What a perfect text this morning as we consider even the Kentucky disaster relief sharing about the fruit of loving one another. It's it's a perfect text for for the ministry that's there. The first thing that we need to know as disciples, as the church, is this, that Jesus has chosen us to bear fruit that will last. That's God's desire for your life. We ask a lot of questions. God, what is your will for my life? Is it take this job or that? And we go back and forth. But what is God's will for your life? It's plain and simple, that you will bear fruit that will last. God wants our lives to be a part of something much bigger than just our own individual selves, but it's bearing fruit that will last, and that is seen in his command in verse 17, that you love each other, that you love each other. Well, Denisha Brace, she, she um, has been having anxiety attacks and having been, been having struggles when uh, her boyfriend came up with a pretty clever idea. He created and he bought pills, you know, the pill capsules that you can make your own pills, but instead of putting medicine inside, he wrote little notes, encouragement inside, and he gave these pills to her. 
She said, I've been struggling with panic attacks, and when I got these pills, it, it, it put something inside of me, loving and sweet. It said it was something that made me happy, a good quality about me. And so for Denisha, she experienced the love of her boyfriend, this, this encouraging word to go out and love each other because God loves you. And that's a powerful way that we can go out and love each other. The simple, they're creative for that. So our missions and lives as individuals and collectively as a church is how do we find the way to love each other? As Denisha's boyfriend experienced in this, as the world around us that's hurting and in desperate need, how is it that we bear fruit of love for one another? This is what the rest of our text will share with us as we go back to verse number one now. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, Jesus here makes it very clear about the vineyard of the church. It's this, that God is the gardener. He is the one who is in control. He is the one who's overseeing this garden. He's the one who's in charge of the vines and the branches producing fruit. It's God's design from the beginning. And his ultimate goal, as we read in verse 17, is pretty clear and simple. It is that we would bear fruit. So God, the creator, the designer. Well, Jesus here is seeing it said to be the vine. He's the true vine of which we who are in Christ have been grafted in and are part of that vine, are connected to that vine, and because of that vine, we now produce fruit. But Jesus says in verse 2 something that can be a bit troubling here. He says that he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so, though, so that, it even, uh, so that even uh, they will be more fruitful. There's a part of the Christian life that, I must be honest, I'm not that big a fan of. It's that no matter if you're producing no fruit or if you are producing fruit, that pruning or cutting will be a part of that. Well, cutting can be very painful. I got a picture here of my friend Jake, and uh, there's two good friends here, Jake and Preston. Jake is wearing the hat there. Jake is one of the people in my life that I uh, see bear more fruit than anybody else. You spend time around Jake, you just look more like Jesus. He's a person who's encouraging you. He's asking you intentional questions. Uh, Jake has worked in the oil and gas industry since he came out of uh, college, uh, in, in, um, since he came out of college in Houston's where he lived. And two weeks ago, Jake called me and he said this. He said, "Hey, the company just announced layoffs, layoffs, and I got laid off." You know, Jake would tell you his work in the oil and gas industry isn't the most rewarding. It isn't the most, what do you say, exciting or best for the planet, but he's trying to figure out and navigate what that is or looks like. But it's given him incredible resources that he's using for God's glory, and he's bearing incredible fruit. And then on the day to go into work, and suddenly he finds himself, by lunchtime, he has no job. He's got nowhere to go. In corporate America, you got your box. You don't say goodbye. You simply are out the door, and it's over. And you think, what just happened? Well, as Jake and I were talking about it in preparation for this sermon, I just sent him a message, and I said, Jake, I think you got pruned. I think you got pruned. 
Well, that's kind of painful, right? Jake's asking questions. He's trying to figure out, God, why is this? What does I look like? What does my finances look like? Where am I supposed to go? What should I be doing? But I'm convinced in Jake's life, and I'm convinced in our lives as well, that many times in those painful moments, whether it's a pruning in our relationships, a pruning in our job, whether wherever it's a pruning in our school, that in those painful cutting moments that many times it is God who is at work because he desires to produce more fruit in us. And God the Father, the gardener, would rather we produce more fruit in the long term then he would just produce the same amount of fruit in the short term. And friends, that, that troubles me a little bit about God. Because I know that sometimes God would rather I be pruned and my short term be more painful, but my long term be more fruitful. God is more willing for that to happen. As Jake, I really truly believe, is experiencing in his life right now. You know, sometimes when stuff like that happens, we attribute it to the work of the enemy. We think any time that hardship comes or things come, we say, this is the work of Satan. This is the work of the enemy in our life. But sometimes the painful pruning in our life is actually the work of Jesus. And if all I can see is the short term and if all my focus on is just in the now, I will miss God's larger and bigger picture for my life that God is willing to prune in order to make me bear more fruit. During the Iraqi war, there was the story of the U.S. general. And the Iraqi war was starting to not go as well for this. And they asked the general, they said, how can you explain this? And he used this term and analogy. He said, in America, we have football. Super Bowl's coming up. Well, in football, you never, ever lose an inch. If you lose an inch or a yard on a play, then that's a failure. You always go forward, blazing ahead, and if you ever get pushed back, that's a sign of failure. And he said, whereas for our European counterparts, their football, soccer, sometimes you have to pass the ball backward in order to go forward. And I think we get this in our American mentality as well. We think anytime I'm going backwards or being reduced or my capacity is being decreased, we think of it as failure. But God sees that in a much different thing. Apparently, God's a fan of soccer. Now you know that. You can walk away with that. That understands sometimes we have to pass the ball backwards in order to go forward. And God sees that, and he knows that. Pruning can be a good thing. It can be a good thing. i got a picture here of a turtle. This is not just any turtle. This is a famous turtle. He lives in Rio de Janeiro. And why he is famous is because his uh, owner had him in 1982, and the turtle disappeared. And they thought that the, uh, um, the, con- the contractors who were working on this house had left the door ajar. They thought the turtle walked out the front door, and the turtle disappeared. Well, the children of the owner decided it was time to prune back his, his, his house, his shed. He was known to be a little bit of a hoarder. And as they were pruning it back, they grabbed this box and they tossed it to the, to the street corner for the garbage men to, to pick it up. And somebody said, are you throwing away your turtle? This was recently, this story, by the way. And they said, what turtle? And they looked. And the turtle from 1982 was still alive after 35 years. This was two years ago. 35 years this turtle had survived in the house. I don't know what to do with that either. Do you know sometimes in the clutter of our life, 
there are some good things that we lose. And it's when the act of pruning, it's the act of cleaning, that we discover the things that we are missing. So some of you need to go check your junk and make sure that uh, there are no turtles hiding in the junk of your house today. Well, our text continues on, verse uh, 3 through 6. It says this, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, Jesus says. You, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Friends, Jesus makes it very clear here that we cannot on our own produce fruit, but only through remaining in Jesus. On our own, we cannot produce fruit. This isn't a message, okay, we're going to go out and bear fruit. We're going to go love each other. So we're going to go out and we're just going to do that. We're going to bear fruit that will last. No, Jesus makes it very clear here. Apart from Jesus, apart from remaining or abiding with Jesus, we cannot bear fruit on our own. And sometimes we get our focus so much on the outside of producing that fruit, of loving each other, that we miss the first movement and call as Christians is to remain and to abide with Jesus. I've got a picture here of a vineyard in Israel. Now, this is similar to many vineyards in Israel, but there's a problem with the vineyards that are in Israel, and it's this. The bedrock is limestone, and there's not much nutrients in the soil. So in order for a, a, a vineyard to grow, it, its roots have to become extremely aggressive and go and dig as far as they can, expand as wide as they can in order to get as much nutrients to survive. And so it's a struggle of survival for vineyards that are in Israel. And in this image that we see from John, it's not that our issue is with the nutrients Our issue is simply in remaining or abiding. God calls us to be connected with the source of life, the source of love, the source of power in all of the universe. The nutrients that are available to us as Christ's followers whose spirit lives inside of us is infinite. There is no limit to it. But our challenge is that we simply get distracted and we simply miss our call to abide. I have a picture here of my daughter. This is a proud dad moment. Yes, that's my daughter, Adele. Uh, sometimes Jacqueline and I say, when we grow up, we want to be as cool as Adele. And last Sunday night, Adele and I, as we enjoy, we were reading a book together. And I had my Fitbit on. And we were reading a book before she went to bed. And she said, Dad, what, what is your heartbeat? So I put my heart uh, Fitbit up. It was 73. And I knew Adele likes to check her heartbeat. I said, Dell, would you like to check your heartbeat? I said, yes. Took it off, put it on her wrist. It said 73. Wait a minute. Is it, is it possible that hearts can actually sync up? So I Googled it, looked it up, and Danish researchers, I don't know if you know this, they took two strangers and they hooked them up with heart monitors. And they would give them different challenges and tasks they'd never before met. And if they could get the two people to trust each other, they found that their hearts 
would actually start to sink and beat in unison together, which is just mind-blowing to think, right? They're not even touching or connection, but they become aware of each other to the point when they trust each other. There's a chemical that's released, is a hypothesis, that causes people's hearts to beat in unison, so Adele and I wondered, is that what's happening in this moment? And we went, read a little bit longer, and then we checked, and my heartbeat was 70. And I put the Fitbit on hers, and her heartbeat was 70. And in that moment of quiet wonder, we realized there was something going on much deeper than even we could be aware of. Friends, that's God's heart for you is that you would trust him with your life. You would trust him with your time, with your finances, with your relationships. And that from that trust of remaining and abiding, that literally your heart would become in sync with the heart of Jesus. That what he feels, you feel. What he dreams, you dreams. What Christ thinks, you think. That you would draw your very own heartbeat from God. Dell and I sat there in a quiet moment of wonder of what we had no idea that could even, was even possible a few minutes before. But later I got down on my knees and just thanked God to say, God, that was just an amazing father-daughter moment. And more than that, what an amazing picture of God's heart's desire for us, that we would remain And trust Jesus to the point that our hearts can even sync up with his. But apart from him, we can do nothing. John 15, 7, verse 8, the text continues, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. God's glory is this, is that we bear fruit. Much fruit. It says that several times in the text. Much fruit. Not just a little grape. Not just something here or there. But much fruit. Large fruit. Consistent fruit. In season. Out of season. That our lives, because we are connected to Jesus, produce great fruit. Sebastian Gomes from Spain. He holds actually the world's record for the largest bunch of grapes in the world. We have a picture here of Sebastian I feel bad for Sebastian because his eyes are closed. And apparently, uh, Guinness Book of World Records couldn't take a second picture. So uh, on their website today is Sebastian with his eyes closed, holding a bunch of grapes, 22 pounds from one bunch is the world record. That's God's desire, that we are so connected to the source of life, that the fruit that is produced is overwhelming. It is much fruit. That happens. And so Jesus here was addressing his individual disciple, but he was addressing the collective disciples of what would become and make up the church. And I think Jesus addresses the church as well through this passage. And he says that's the desire that we connected, abiding with Jesus, could bear infinitely much more than on our own. We saw this in two stories recently in the fall. It was a Wednesday night. Um, We had a lady come in to church here on the the Wednesday night. 
and she was from Owensboro, and she was a social worker, and, and uh, she was doing a contract here and had been here for several months, had several months to go, and she thought, where can I go on a Wednesday night? I just, it's dark outside. The time's changed. I just don't want to, I don't feel safe necessarily to go out by myself. I don't want to go shopping. Where in Louisville can I go that I know I will be safe? She thought of Westport Road Baptist Church. She walked in the door and met people who welcomed her because of the love we've been doing in the community for social workers. Just two weeks ago, we had another lady from a mission partner. I'd never met her before. She came in. She said, uh, can, I, can I speak with Josh? And I said, well, I'm Josh. And we had this conversation, and she's from a local mission partner, and she had experienced a tragedy uh, in her work relationship and then a tragedy in her subdivision. And she said, I just felt overwhelmed. And driving by this place, I kept feeling like I just need to go in and talk to somebody. And we were able to connect her with, with a grief share group that's meeting in the community. Friends, that's the hope for our community is that when they think of our church, they will think, hey, there's a place where we can find hope. There's a place we can find healing in the midst of a broken world. Our last text is in Mark's gospel, chapter 3, verse 13 and 15, and I think this highlights it beautifully. The story of Jesus remaining and abiding and them being sent out to the world says this, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. You know, Jesus had a big mission to accomplish. You would think time would have been of the essence, but his first call to the disciples was this. He called to them those whom he wanted, that they might come and be with him. Remain with me. Abide with me. Draw your life from me. Let your heartbeat become my heartbeat. But it didn't stop there, did it? But that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. And we see here that the movement of the church is inward to be with Jesus, and it's outward to share the love of God with the world and to bring the kingdom of God to this planet. But friends, I think God's call to us this morning is is first, instead of just thinking about going out to this world and loving, is first it's that movement to come and to abide. It is so easy in our day to be distracted by the world that's around us that we lose touch with the remaining and abiding with Jesus. Heard the story of a, of a lady. She was working in, a, in an industrial park, and she was cleaning the industrial park. And her job was to vacuum these big areas. And so what she would do, she put on these big headphones. She'd turn her music up, and she would start vacuuming. She would start keep vacuuming this thing. That was just her thing she had to do, and she kept doing it. But with these big headphones on, she couldn't necessarily hear the sound of the vacuum anymore. And what she didn't realize is that her connection to the source of power, she had gone beyond and gone too far, and it actually had become disconnected. And here she is. She's still doing the thing she's always done. She's still doing the activity of vacuuming, but she's lost one very important thing. She's lost her connection to the source of power. She still does the same. She still looks like she's doing everything right, but nothing's happening. There's no fruit. There's no um, debris or trash that's being picked up off the carpets. And friends, if we are not careful as individuals or as a church, that story, I'm afraid, highlights us so well, too. 
We're still doing the activities that look like a church. We're still doing the activities of a Christian that look like it. But we have lost our connection to the source of our power, Jesus. And we're no longer remaining and abiding. And the scary thing is that sometimes I don't even realize it in my own life. Till the Lord takes the headphones off. And I realize I'm no longer abiding. Today, in the quiet of these moments, Jesus invites you to trust him, to remain with him, to abide with him, and to receive his power in your life. And then, friends, we can go and pray our grapefruit for the king. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, in the, this holy moment, we invite you to come to draw us close. And I pray that as we trust you, we might even experience the incredible that our hearts would literally begin to sink with yours as we receive the life that's found in Jesus today. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.